Hi, this is Krista, and welcome to Kratom Sobriety. Today is the first of an occasional interview with experts in the field that will show up in the podcast feed on random Wednesdays from time to time. Today's interview is with Tommy Hathorne. He's the CEO of San Diego's Detox and Boardwalk Recovery Center. We are very grateful for your time today, Tommy, and for sharing your expertise and experience with Kratom addiction and recovery in general. Thanks for having me. Well, go ahead and tell us, Tommy, what training, expertise, experience do you have in addiction? A little background. Sure. Been sober and an active participant in recovery for over 19 years here in the San Diego community. Um, I've been uh, running or owning substance abuse treatment centers since 2012, I believe. Um, so for over 10 years. And so I've served thousands of individuals uh, struggling with substance abuse. Have you always been in the California area? I have. Okay. Yep. At Boardwalk, what percentage of clients would you say you serve in which Kratom is involved? Well, we would consider Kratom use in our center as a relapse. Um, Kratom is unacceptable in our center. We actually test for it uh, regularly. So we would consider that, you know, it's not like uh, relapsing on heroin or meth or alcohol or anything like that. Certainly not. We make it, we make it well known that it's unacceptable in our place. Okay. And when you say like you test for it, so is that like in a PHP, like a partial hospitalization program or an IOP intensive outpatient it, in that kind of capacity? Okay. Right. Board, boardwalk recovery is an aftercare program. So PHP, IOP, OP with supportive okay. housing. Okay. And do you guys do anything with detox or a 28 day residential rehab? It's completely separate from Boardwalk Recovery, but I do own San Diego Detox, which is uh, Detox Residential. Okay, excellent. Just curious, mm -hmm. with the Detox Center, do you admit um, patients, I mean, just who present primarily with Kratom addiction? Uh, insurance doesn't authorize, uh, normally does not authorize strictly Kratom use. So mm -hmm. has to be a pretty severe situation. Can you discuss any case histories or field experiences operating the recovery center, like where you're, you know, any Kratom stories or Kratom addiction stories, what that kind of looks like? Well, I mean, I see time after time after time where people don't think it's that big of a deal. And so they start drinking, you know, uh, you know, using Kratom, thinking it's not that big a deal. And it always, when I say always, I mean, literally like, eight or nine times out of 10 leads back to a different substance, whether it be alcohol or their drug of choice. Um, so I have, I mean, I, I think of, I think of one guy um, that had, was spending hundreds of dollars a week on his uh, Kratom and he had his, whatever the drinks are called, I don't even remember what they're called, but his, the floorboard of his truck was just full of these empties. And he, it was almost, it was the same thing as, beer cans. But he was rationalizing it saying that it's only Kratom. It's not, it's, it, you can't say that it's not that big a deal if you're spending most of your paychecks on it. The floorboard of your truck is full of them. Your wife is complaining about it. You're broke because of it. 
and which eventually, eventually led to a relapse for this individual. And uh, most of the time, my observation has been that it's not that big a deal. It's only kratom has led to a relapse on a drug of choice. The expense, I mean, you know, I uh, quit Kratom about a year ago and I, I was, you know, as I was telling you before we started, part of the Kava bar um, scene and, you know, drinks in there are 8 to $10 a piece. The extracts I think that were out there were running like 20 to $25 doing multiples of that. I mean, in Kava bars, you've got regulars coming literally five and six times a day. I mean, the financial ramifications of, of Kratom addiction is pretty it's yeah. significant. I sponsored a guy that uh, frequented the Kratom and Kava bars, and he said that it helped with his depression. And he frequented uh, these spots quite consistently. And over a period of time, it wasn't cutting it anymore. And he ended up relapsing on heroin and dying. Mm. And so I don't think every Kratom user is going to relapse and die. I don't think that. That's not my, you know, that's not my opinion. Um, but I do have examples of situations like that that cause that call for alarm. Uh, I, I'm never going to use Kratom. I'm never going to use Kava. I, I won't introduce that into my life uh, just because of the dangers that I've observed in other people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's no arguing, you know, with what you're saying. I mean, you have seen these stories. I mean, this is, you know, this is this is really happening. This is not conjecture or, you know, he said, she said. Amongst people with problematic Kratom, you know, substance use histories, did you find there was a mix of instrumental versus recreational use or was it mostly one or the other or? Mm. That's a good question. I, I, like I said, I've seen uh, most situations start out uh, what they would consider recreational and increase tolerance to a point where it becomes uh, habitual. Uh, that's been that's been what I've observed. Now we, um, you know, we presented an article. Now this article is called "Pharmacotherapy for Management of Kratom Use Disorder," and in this article they did a systematic literature review um, of of you know, the research that was available out there. How does your field experience compare to the finding that the paper said, they said Kratom addiction carries a relapse risk as high as 78 to 89% at three months after quitting Kratom? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. The risk of relapse is extremely high. That's what I've observed as well. I mean, and that's why, that's why accountability is so important. That's why we feel so strongly about the degree of accountability that our programs provide, because without it, people are just going to relapse. People are, you know, if there's no restraints, no, no accountability, no boundaries around somebody, uh, nobody to hold them accountable and, and keep an eye on them and um, check up on them, the, the relapse rate is extremely high. How do you guys like instill accountability in your center? Like what kind of stuff do you do? Uh, well, regular testing is critical. Um, participation in recovery is critical. It is not a suggestion. There are plenty of places out there where it's a, a suggestion, where it is an option, where uh, that's not how I run my programs. Um, I believe that it's a must. And so 
that is a degree of uh, accountability, participation in recovery. And then the sober livings that they live in as well uh, have their own boundaries and accountability measures in place as well. Absolutely. Structure is essential. You know what I mean? To um, recovery. I agree. Absolutely believe that. What do you think about the marketing of Kratom to people with substance abuse disorder as a cure for addiction Mm. or, you know, as harm reduction, as a safe harm reduction option? I know that's a tough one. Yeah, and it's not a tough one for me. I do not believe in harm reduction. That's not my style. I'm not going to debate with people that believe in harm reduction. So be it. If you're a harm reduction person, cool. Good luck to you. That's not my style of recovery. I I believe Mm -hmm. in abstinence. I believe in protecting myself from any kind of slippery slopes personally. You know, um, if I want to protect my marriage, I'm not going to go to strip clubs. It's just the way it is. If I want to protect my recovery, I'm not going to dabble with near beer. I'm not going to dabble with kratom. I'm not going to dabble with weed, edibles, kratom. I know. I want to protect my recovery. So that's just, that's my style of recovery. Doesn't work for everybody, but I'm not, I am not a fan of uh, marketing anything other than complete abstinence. Well, and, and just to be clear on what I mean by complete abstinence, I am a fan of MAT. I have seen great success in things like Sublicade, uh, which is the injectable uh, Suboxone uh, for chronic heroin use. I am, I'm a fan of that. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm okay with, you know, psych meds and things like that for individuals that need it, but ketamine treatment, you know, psychedelics, that's just not my style. Kratom, not my style. That brings me to a question. Well, I mean, on medication assisted treatment. So that Mm -hmm. is really controversial inside the quitting Kratom world. People um, struggling with Kratom feel that doctors are prescribing too high of a dose of subs, asking that people be on them too long, and that some of those meds have worse withdrawals than Kratom. What do you think about that? Any advice for patients to make a more informed choice or advocate Mm. for themselves? A severe case of uh, a a severe uh, Kratom use might require you know, Suboxone. I, I, like I said earlier, I, I do like Sublicade to self taper, uh, much less, uh, withdrawal symptoms than the strips, but we do not do that in my facilities. So if there are facilities out there, uh, and people that are being prescribed Suboxone for Kratom use, I haven't seen it, uh, personally. So I, you know, I can't speak into it, uh, intelligently, um, from my own experience, but We'll go back to participating in recovery. I would be a much bigger fan of somebody participating at a high level in recovery rather than um, rely on other substances uh, for their recovery. Uh, you know, participate in recovery at a high level. That always that 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 does the trick for me. Do you have any insight on why some people report Kratom is medicinal for them or for some people and others find it to be an addictive drug? I do not know the answer to that. You can have that argument about uh, marijuana as well. Now, some listeners are skeptical of treatment centers because of bad past experiences. 
if anybody is struggling with Kratom, how does a place like Boardwalk help them? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I totally agree with skeptical listeners. In my opinion, there's a sweet spot in uh, what I would be looking for in a treatment center if I were looking to put one of my kids in treatment. I'm not going to be interested in a program that is uh, has zero or, or very little accountability and structure. And I'm not looking for a behavior modification program either. I'm looking for a program with a moderate amount of structure, a moderate amount of programming and accountability in place um, with a good reputation in the industry. Um, there are a lot of programs in America that have poor reputations that allow their clients to smoke weed or this, that, and the other thing. So I get it. Do your research and look for a program with a moderate amount of accountability and structure. Because again, in my opinion, structure, accountability, and a program that really pushes participation in recovery, I think will uh, best serve people looking to you know, be abstinent. I looked on the website actually for boardwalk recovery and you guys have an amazing, you know, variety of treatment modalities as far as like, and I'm kind of adding this one in as, as far as like support groups go, are, do you incorporate 12 step or smart recovery or like, what does that look like? Yeah. So they do participate in 12 step support groups, whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Heroin Anonymous, etc. Beginning. We're taking them to tons of meetings. You're going to go to the meetings that we're taking you to. As you progress through the program and your, you know, your accountability and and everything like that kind of decreases uh, further along in the program, you start to have some options on what meetings you're going to go to. And if you want to go to Smart Recovery or Refuge Recovery or whatever other kind of Celebrate Recovery. Um, you'll have that freedom to go to some meetings on your own later on down the program, down the line. But we are big, big, we push, we push 12 step support groups uh, pretty hard. Good. It kind of coincides with the idea of a hundred percent complete abstinence. You know what I mean? Like it all fits. You know, look, look, I'm a 12 step guy and I'm not going to, you know, preach something that I don't do myself. And that goes all the way through my entire team. People that are in recovery participate in recovery. And, and that's just the way it is. We practice what we preach. That's not the case for a lot of other programs. And that, it's, that is the case with us. Those of us that are in recovery participate in our recovery. And so that's what we're going to push. That's what you're, we're going to encourage people to participate in. Hey, if that, does, if that doesn't if that doesn't work for you, there's pro, there's other programs out there. This isn't a one size fits all deal. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of recovery, and you can do trial trial and error, and you can see what's out there, what what fits you best, or what you fit into best. But um, in our program, this is what you do. So, you know, Boardwalk is based in San Diego and San Diego that has a Kratom ban in the city. Has that had any impact on Kratom addiction there, do you think? No, I don't understand it. I, they say that there's a ban, but you can buy it in the gas stations. There's, 
you can, you know, there's Kratom Kava bars. There's, I, you know, I don't quite understand it, actually. I, I, I don't understand what this band means because it's still everywhere. There's a gas station right down the street from where I live that sells it. That's how it is in Florida. I mean, there's capsules, powder in the gas stations, yep. extracts in the smoke shops. I mean, there's kava bars mm-hmm. everywhere. It's, I mean, it's it's unreal. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's this ban all about? <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what do you mean there's a ban? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So how would you respond and – you know, this is kind of a ludicrous thing to suggest, but Kratom advocates often take extreme positions. But how would you respond to criticism that just by talking about Kratom addiction, you are trying to drum up business for your commercial rehab? I, that, that's not what I would do. I am totally, I totally support people to have their own journey, have their own experience. And if it becomes problematic, we're available for you. Absolutely. I am not. I'm not here to beat anybody up. I don't, you know, everybody's on their own journey. You're going to have your own experience one way or another. If you're successful in it, great. If you're not, we're available for you. If other people are doing that, that's their business. That's not how I roll. I think that's really important. Like when you said it's not one size fits all, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. everybody's got to find their path in recovery, what works for them. And, you know, it's kind of like 12 steps says to thine own self be true and, you know, follow what works for you. So, yeah, look, I'm not a, you know, I don't beat anybody up for their stuff, man. I look, my brother drinks. I don't care if it becomes problematic. Let me know. I'm here to help. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not a witch burner. It's all good, man. If you can do stuff successfully, if you can just burn weed, hey, and it doesn't affect areas of your life, none of my business. But when it does, we're available for you. What's your best advice for someone considering quitting Kratom right now, Tommy? Participation in recovery is my opinion. That is my suggestion. My suggestion is always a high level of uh, participation in recovery. That's, and listen, uh, look, you're in Florida. I'm in California. We both, you and I, have literally uh, probably hundreds, if not a thousand different meetings a week in our areas. You're probably not going to like the first few that you go to. Keep experimenting and going into different meetings or whatever groups you you know you 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 gravitate towards, and find a few that you really like and stick with it. Get yourself in, you know, really entrenched in the recovery uh, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, that would be my that would be my my suggestion. And then only if you are participating to the best of your ability and still cannot maintain abstinence, then there are programs available to step up the level of accountability and structure. I don't think going straight to a program. It's not what I would suggest. I would suggest participation in recovery first. Try to do it for free first. <laughs> if you can't, and if you can't, then you might need to step it up. Any suggestions for those who are trying to maintain abstinence long term? Maybe same stay in suggestion. Recovery. Yeah, that's what I was same thinking. Same suggestion. Right? Listen, like I said, hey, you know, earlier you said you called yourself a chronic relapser. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't buy into that. I, I'm just going to disagree with you. We don't. I think that we are chronic procrastinators. We're chronically lazy. We chronically stop participating in recovery and we backslide. If I stopped participating in my recovery, 
little by little by little, eventually at some point, somehow, someday, I will relapse as well. That doesn't make me a chronic relapser. That means that I stopped participating in my recovery. And in the 19 years I've been sober, that is what I've witnessed. Most of the time, most of the time, most of the time, what I have witnessed is people stop participating. They start to trade new things in life for air, for pieces of their recovery. They're working too much to participate in recovery. They've got the new guy or the new girl in their life, and they start hanging out with them instead of recovery. Go to the gym instead of recovery. X, Y, and Z instead of recovery. And then it is only a matter of time before we're loaded again. We, are, we chronically stop participating in recovery. That's what I've observed. I like that. That's empowering. You know what I mean? Because I can make a decision to step my recovery right back up anytime I want to. You know what I mean? Rather than kind of a negative connotation when you talk about being a chronic relapse. Yeah. I like the. Don't beat yourself up. Don't yeah, beat yourself I like up. That. It, Participate it never in recovery. <laughs> nope. Um, any special words of encouragement for anybody who's cross addicted to other drugs or alcohol alongside Kratom? Mm. The one thing that I hear so often is that people have, speaking of beating yourself up, people beat themselves up that they are too far gone, that their addiction is different, that they've tried this before and can't. It didn't work last time. It's not going to work this time. I believe that that is not true. That is not true. I have seen the worst of the worst get clean. I would fall into that category. I have seen countless, countless, countless amazing stories of transformation happen in people that were absolutely hopeless, regardless of the substance they were struggling with, whether it's alcoholism, heroin addiction, meth addiction, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have seen the absolute worst come back and recover and have just unbelievably, remarkably miraculous transformations. If you, if you, if you believe that you're too far gone or, you know, that this isn't going to work for you, I call bullshit. I would imagine those transformations are probably what makes it able to continue to work in a field with such a high, you know, relapse and or recidivism rate and things like that. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what keeps you going? Yeah, we hold on 100%. I just um, officiated one of my best friend's uh, memorials. On the 30th or 31st of last month, one of my, one of my best friends um, passed away from uh, his addiction. And those types of situations happen very regularly, and they really beat you up. However, the stories of transformation, the celebrations of sobriety, guys getting a year, five years, et cetera, changing their lives around, that's really what we hold on to uh, for to keep us going, that gives us that boost of, you know, that helps our endurance, keeps us going. That's what we really hang on to is the success stories. Absolutely. I like the word endurance. And I was, I was thinking, you know, how they talk about in, um, I, I'm an AA person as well, and how they talk mm-hmm. about in the program, you know, like the light comes back on in your eyes. You can look at people when they first come in and it's just, it's such a difference when they light up and kind of, you know what I mean? When you start to get recovery and it starts to click and things start to fall in place, yep. and it, it is a transformation for sure. 
any concluding thoughts, um, anything you would like to say that we, you know, that I haven't asked or we haven't covered in the interview so far? Uh, you know, in summary, I would, I would always, I would always lean towards, uh, here's the thing about participating in recovery, participating in recovery fills that void in our spirit that no other substance can. When I'm always wanting to use something outside of myself, whether it's weed or other substances or money or X, Y, and Z, it's filling something in me that's empty. Participating in recovery fills that emptiness. And so I would always recommend maintaining a pace in recovery that fills that void. And a lot of times it's gonna it's about getting you to a place where you can then turn around and help others. And then that's going to fill that void. We don't need out. We don't need outside substances and recovery participation recovery provides that for us. It's been my experience. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with that. It's kind of, you know, filling that void. (laughs) That's really all this is whether it's kratom, kava, burning weed, alcohol, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's really just filling a void mm-hmm. an emptiness. Well, thank you so much for, I mean, I, this has been an, a, an amazing interview. I feel like I appreciate all the information, um, you know, you ex- sharing your personal experience, strength and hope with 19 years, you said of sobriety and mm-hmm. working in giving back. And by working in, you know, treatment for so many years, thank you so much for your time. And um, I guess My until pleasure. next, yeah, thank you. And until next time, my pleasure. Freedom free.